This is our little jester guy from New Orleans. Um, you know, I'm sure you've been to New Orleans, and yes, I have. you may or may not be familiar with this beverage, but he's uh, he's serving a different role now, different purpose. Okay. <laughs> what was the what was the beverage? Out of curiosity, it's called the jester, and it's uh, it's it's a nasty thing. Just leave What's it in it? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have no idea what's in it. It goes down easy and comes back up hard. <laughs> One of those things, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. So with that, we're gonna, you know, sorry, mom. Uh, we're gonna go through these and pick some random questions. Oh. See how you respond on the fly. I don't know what they are, and you okay. don't know what they are. So we're gonna start with the first one. All right. We're gonna see what Bernstein thinks about. <laughs> What role does social media play in your life and how do you feel about this? It's a blessing and it's the devil and I accept it for what it is. <laughs> you want me to, are, are, are these like rapid fire things? Or we can do, do some to- rapid fire if you're feeling it that way. If you have anything you want to expound on, like by all means, let her rip. On the positive side, social media is a place where you can share your thoughts, build community, and do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Adam Schefter, who's like the sports business guru in our industry, I think retweeted about somebody who was doing a crowdfunding campaign. A, a child had lost his father in Chicago. And simply by retweeting it, he was the catalyst for what was initially a $100,000 crowdfunding campaign becoming a $1 million campaign and and this child will be set for life. So social media is powerful. However, social media is also the place where unhappy people go to find unhealthy happiness. Yes. And when I first joined Twitter in 2009, I was shocked by the amount of vitriol that comes from fairly benign tweets. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have my moments when I can be opinionated and then, and then sometimes I'm, I'm really just sort of sharing with no intent, positive or negative. It is what it is. And it's easy for us to take that personally, but if we can come at social media from a mindset that The people who are truly negative have some tough things going on in their lives. And rather than taking that personally, whether we physically respond to them or not, if our reaction to that can be one of compassion and empathy and understanding that that's not personal. Them attacking you is not personal. That's their stuff that's being projected onto you. Then social media can be a much happier place for you. Yeah. For you, um, when you joined on, were you still, I would say, in the public eye or had you? It was. So I was, uh, I went into Twitter kicking and screaming. At the time, I was hosting an NFL show on ESPN radio mm-hmm. and the programming director encouraged me to get on Twitter. And, and my stance against getting on social media is, quite frankly, my life's not that interesting. I, a, I'm private. B, life's not interesting. I can tell you about what I had for dinner. I don't know why you would care, unless it's a really good recipe, in which case I would write it all down and Twitter's not a place for it and whatever. Oh, yeah. But he said, it's not about you. It's about your brand. Mm. And if you're trying to build audience for a radio show, there's no better, more effective way to scale than to let people know 
who you're having on the show that day, what you're talking about on the show that day, and to create an interactive element to your show that gives your audience a sense of ownership, like their voice matters. When people feel like they're included, when when people feel like they have a voice and it's a show and they're getting their their name in the spotlight or they're getting on the air by, you know, like calling up and and making a comment. Or if you are taking one of their questions that they posted to you on Twitter and then putting it out on the airwaves. Yeah. That's that's powerful. That helps build community. And so when my program director said, like, this is why I want you to get on, I'm like, okay, it's marketing. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've become a little more open about sharing things with my family because my family's really more important to me. I'm super private about relationships. You will never see me post about a relationship because there's a reason reason, why (laughs) things are, they call it your private life for a reason. Yep. Um, again, not interesting, even if I did share. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, like that's, that's my mindset when it comes to social media. And quite frankly, I'm not as diligent and not as consistent as I should be from everything I've heard about what it takes to build audience. But I I do understand the value. Yeah. I completely agree with the last two things that you said. I understand the value and I'm also not as consistent with it. It's hard. Well, we're not from that generation, right, Matt? Like, my niece, your daughter, mm. they grew up with devices in their hands. They grew up to yeah. access via the internet, yeah. via their Wi-Fi that we simply never had. They are digital natives. They are social natives. Mm-hmm. They ha- came out of the womb thinking, part of what I do in life is I always tell everybody else what I'm doing. We're not from that generation. We, as people in this sort of industry, understand the value of it as part of the process to build the brand and to market what we're doing because we want to be successful. And if we want to reach younger demographics, we have to go where they are because they're not watching TV. They're on YouTube. They're on Snap. They're on Instagram. That's where they are. And so that's where we need to go to pull them in. Yeah. And it's part of our world. Yeah. That was good. I love that. I could talk about social media for a long time. But we won't. Me too. We'll see what else we have in the All right. Pulling pull out of the jester. What three albums should someone listen to if they want to understand you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> the albums. Oh, good. Albums? Are albums. we back into vinyl? I hear vinyl sort of like coming back in. But, hey, it's coming back. Maybe I never left. Um, this isn't an album, but three songs are artists. Uh, can it be in, can an app be it? I, I actually think that would be what, what three apps would you, would okay. you talk about? It would be represented. Well, 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 tweak it. What three apps would what three apps? Yeah. Um, ESPN shocking. <laughs> it's like literally the first thing I open in the morning. Like when I get up in the morning, I'll like read through the headlines and then I'll go down to the audio section and I'll listen to like. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, or mm-hmm. listen to Greeny. Like that's just part of, part of my morning process when I'm getting up and stretching, going to the gym and all this sort of stuff. Um, Instagram, because okay. just because I use Instagram um, as a content creator mm-hmm. to keep tabs 
on what everybody else is doing. Okay. Like there's, there's an account, I think it's called like camera tricks or something like that. And they actually go through the process mm-hmm. of what they're physically doing with a camera, because now there are all these creative agencies that can literally shoot and edit ads on an iPhone or on an iPad. And so just from a a technological standpoint, understanding what people are doing in the space. And and I think part of the byproduct of COVID has been that production can be really expensive, but you can also do it well. Inexpensively. Inexpensively. I don't want to say cheaply because I I don't mean to diminish the quality of the product. But people are doing things really inexpensively. And if you learn how to use this device the right way and take advantage of all the bells and whistles, you can do some awesome work. So I would say Instagram, even though I'm on Twitter a lot. The third one um, is the Calm app. Personal growth has always been really important to me. I did gymnastics for 14 years. I was always an athlete. Um, I started doing yoga several years ago and the latest iteration of, of my self-care and, and personal growth routine has become meditation. And it took me a while to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I abandoned it a couple of times, but calm, uh, Jeff Warren, it's creator. And, um, there's another woman on there who's terrific, whose name is escaping me, who, um, I listen to pretty religiously. Jeff's approach to meditation is I, is every man. It's very conversational. It's not too Buddhist. It's, it's, it speaks to people who don't feel comfortable with the notion of meditation. So I've made a commitment to that. It's easy for us to talk about strengthening our muscles to be good at what we do physically, but, but this muscle up here is equally as critical yeah. to just thriving in life. And so, um, Thank you for letting me do a little small adaptation to the Jester question. I like, I like it. So we've got ESPN, Instagram, and Calm. So there you go, folks. All right, we'll do one more. One more, okay. And uh, we'll see what we have here. I love this, this, this idea that you have. It's so creative. Go figure. Ooh. If you could trade lives with someone for one day, one day only. Condoleezza Rice. Really? So easy. So okay. easy. Okay, I want to hear about this one. Tell me why. Not that I don't disagree because she's fascinating, but that was really quick. I, I just, I'm not much for girl crushes or anything like that. She's just a phenomenal human and not just the, the racial and gender barriers that she's broken down from being the first female African-American national security advisor and secretary of state. That woman knows football like the back of her hand. She is the daughter. She's the daughter of a, a coach or, or, principal or athletics director. I'm it's escaping me at the moment. Uh, she was an athlete growing up. Uh, she is a, a, a concert pianist or cellist yes. pianist. She's, she's an extraordinary musician. There's literally nothing this woman can't do. And she's so cool is a very simplistic word, but she is like you talk to her and you never want, I mean, she is an academic and so a lot of times, and you know, we, we've always, all of us have been in the situation in college where you're just, you're sitting in this massive classroom and the person is super smart and really well published. And they're talking so far over your head, you can't help but fall asleep or completely zone out. Mm-hmm. And, and Connie's not like that. She's mm. just so easy to have a conversation with. I've done several interviews with her before. I went to one of her book events and I, I just, she, 
exudes everything uh, that I hope to be, but on a much larger and more successful and pioneering scale. <laughs> well, that's, that was, that's a nice wrap up because that was going to be my sort of question is, well, why, you know, and I think that that's, you know, um, th- that's an interesting question that I've kind of found even for myself as I've re- read through these is, well, what is, what does it say about myself or the other person or like, you know, there's, there's an obvious, um, self-appreciation, you know, like being comfortable in my own skin. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't attributes that we find in other people that we're like, that's, I wish I was more like that. Or like, I wish I was a more easygoing or I wish I was more of an alpha or less of an alpha. Like there's some very interesting things that we find in other people that we've come across in life. They're like, that's a good one. I'm going to add that to my repertoire. I'm going to strive to work on that, even though it's not my natural inclination. Yeah. Well, just think about anybody who breaks barriers has to deal with adversity, has to deal with haters and naysayers and doubters or however you would want to position that. Yeah. Then you take racial undertones into consideration. Then you take politics into consideration and you take sports into consideration. I mean, for years, they wouldn't let a woman be a member at Augusta. And she was one of the first two women admitted as members. The level of intestinal fortitude you have to have to break barriers is extraordinary. The level of intestinal fortitude, confidence in self and stick-to-itiveness you need to have to break the number of barriers Condoleezza Rice has in all of the different arenas she has is mind-blowing. Like I can't even it's hard to wrap my head around what she's not just what she's achieved, but what she's endured to achieve that things. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if there was some way I was able to just do like a, a girl swap, I'm sure (laughs) probably wouldn't be of interest to her, but I'd be like totally down for it. Right. Yeah. Let's talk to the, talk to the man upstairs about that one. Hey, can you work that one out somehow? (laughs) Hi. That is, um, that is a great one to end on. This was a lot of fun and um, I'm going to do my best to stick to making these short and digestible for everybody. So, uh, you know, I think we'll, I at think some, someday we'll come back and do a long one because there's so much here that, uh, <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank you for everything that you and your team do. And it's, it's always amazing for us to collaborate on projects and you really do, um, I, you know how much I appreciate you because you you make a challenging process fun. And to your point, you you do an incredible job being understanding and patient with clients because getting to the finish line can be a lot more challenging when it comes to all things creatives than you might imagine. And um, I just, I really appreciate you. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, awesome. And before we let you go, one last thing. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh, did I lose you? I'm, I've got a bunch of projects in the works that <laughs> are in contract phase, so I'm not at liberty to speak about them at the moment. However, um, I'm really excited because one of the, um, my philanthropic passion projects has turned into a 
just a really fulfilling consulting gig. So I'm on the advisory board for an incredible organization called Every Kid Sports. And what we do is we provide grants for parents in underserved communities that cover youth league registration fees. Because one of the most, the biggest barriers to entry for kids playing sports is the cost, not just the registration fees, but equipment if you're you know, on travel. So um, I was on the advisory board for a couple of years and was able to turn it into a consulting gig where I'm working on strategic partnerships and fundraising opportunities and, and stuff like that. And so we just um, did a, a deal with a new professional team that's launching, which um, I can't be the one to break it. So I can't tell you about it here. But the point is, um, if you're if you're dealing with tough financial circumstances and you want to be able to support your kids, it's $150 per season. Just go to everykidsports.org and you can fill out an application. It's a super easy process. And the amazing thing about it is, is that everybody who gets a grant gets an ATM card that looks like any other ATM card. Nobody knows that it's a grant or your ATM card. So just in terms of, you know, we understand how prideful parents are and they just want to be able to provide for their kids. So we, the way it's all structured, it's all super, super private. And we just want to empower you to empower your kids. So I love that. That's something I'm really excited. That's awesome. Yes, sir. That one we will end on. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. So much fun. Good seeing you, Matt.